This is the season of the year, the Easter season, when Barbara Rainey says we ought to be contemplating how, as forgiven people, we have a responsibility to forgive others. It's essential for every marriage. It's essential for every family. It's essential for every working relationship because we're all broken and we're all going to make mistakes and we're going to all need to not only give forgiveness but to be granted forgiveness. And so the more families can talk about forgiveness, the more it becomes something that they understand, they can grasp, they know how to practice it, they know what it looks like. This is Family Life Today. Our host is the president of Family Life, Dennis Rainey, and I'm Bob Lapine. We're going to focus today on how you can make the Easter season a more special and more meaningful season at your house. Stay tuned. And welcome to Family Life Today. Thanks for joining us. You know, if uh, this was the couple of weeks leading up to Christmas, we would all be very aware that Christmas was just around the corner. I mean, you couldn't go anywhere without knowing that it's Christmas time. The culture celebrates it. In fact, overdoes the giving aspect of but here, Christmas. Here it is. We're a few weeks away from Easter, and there's pretty much nothing that indicates that to you if you're out in the shopping mall or if you're driving in your car. Easter just isn't talked about. It's ignored. It unfortunately is one of the most holy and profound weeks in any person who professes to follow Jesus Christ. Right. And it's because of what he he did and what Easter represents that we have hope not only of uh, eternal life, but also a message to bring our culture. And I'm going to tell you something, Bob. If I've ever sensed a need for us as adults and our children to have hope, it's today. Because I think in a lot of places, followers of Christ are being robbed of their hope. And uh, we have a special guest with us on today's broadcast. In fact, we can, we can say this is your favorite guest, can't we? I think uh, it, she's been my favorite for 42 years. And uh, 43 Christmases. We, we laugh about this all the time. We had a big joke early in our marriage about how many Christmases we'd celebrated. And we always celebrate. One more Christmas than anniversary. Yeah. So it's kind of tricky, you know. So <laughs> anyway, 43 Christmases, 42 years of marriage. Welcome to the broadcast, sweetheart. Thanks. I'm glad to be here. You need to be counting how many Easter's you've celebrated because well, that's, that's what we're talking that's about what here, we're right? That's what we're talking about. That's right. Yeah, instead of Christmases, you're right. And you're very aware of the fact that this is a culturally ignored holiday. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. as a result, a lot of Christians don't even think about Easter until it's like, oh, this Sunday oh, is Easter. yeah, like tomorrow. Yeah. Or, yeah, no. Christians are not thinking about it, and part of it is because we're so used to being surrounded by everything that reminds us of Christmas during the month of December and, sadly, months before the month of December. But um, Easter is not like that. We don't have music that's playing on the radio. We don't have decorations that are in every store. We don't have lights strung from houses. We don't have anything that calls our attention to the fact that Easter is about to come and that Easter is the most important moment in all of history. You believe that today we need to be preparing our homes and our hearts for Easter. Exactly. We think a lot about Advent when it comes to Christmas and about preparing our hearts to worship and to rejoice at Christmas. But we don't do much of that for Easter. Now, there are those who 
practice Lent who do some preparing of their hearts for the celebration of Easter, but it's a much smaller proportion of the the general population. It's a very small portion of the Christian population. And so as a whole, we don't do much to anticipate or prepare for the celebration of Easter. Easter should be much more joyous, much more almost rambunctious of a celebration than Christmas is because we have so much to rejoice over because of what Christ did for us on the cross. You didn't grow up in a church tradition where Lent was a part of your practice, did you? That's correct. I did not. Did you, Bob? I I didn't either, although in recent years, we've made it a part of our family's personal practice, just Mm -hmm. for the reason that you mentioned, so that we can begin orienting our thinking, something that reminds us Mm -hmm. in the weeks leading up to Easter what it is we're focusing on as we head toward the celebration of the resurrection. I mean, have you started to engage in any of these Lenten practices yourself? Yeah, we have. Dennis and I have talked about it. In fact, we created something for families to help families focus on preparing their hearts for Easter. So we created a a resource for families called the Messiah Mystery, which helps families focus on all of the predictions in the Old Testament that foreshadow the coming of Christ and his death on the cross, because so much of that is not common knowledge um, for believers today. And it's just a great way to interact with your kids and help them understand why Christ had to come, why he had to suffer, why he had to die, and what all of that means. Here's the thing I want our listeners to catch. We are all involved in a relay race where one generation has been given the truth from God's Word and the experience of God in their lives to know Christ, walk with Him, read their Bible. But we have to make a handoff. And what family life hopefully does for you in your marriage, your family, your grandchildren, is hopefully we're giving you some practical instruction of how you can take these seasons, the holidays, and this is Barbara's heart, Bob, you know, it's her, right. it's her passion, is to take these these holidays that Christians really haven't seized. They haven't grabbed hold of them and said, no, our family's going to really get into this. We're going to make the most of what is a, as you said, some of the greatest days in the Christian calendar. And I know that you, Barbara, have a, a strong conviction that just as Christmas is around the theme of giving, we're missing an opportunity to really focus on and teach our children what something else is that is all about Easter. Well, when you think about Christmas, we all know that it's about giving. We can't get away from it. It's absolutely inescapable. It's in our faces for over a month, for weeks and weeks and weeks. But when it comes to Easter, we're kind of confused about what it means. We understand that Jesus died on the cross, but we kind of don't know what to do with that. And as I was thinking about it, I thought, you know, the real theme for Easter is the theme of forgiveness. Easter is all about forgiveness. It's all about Christ dying on our behalf so that we can have a right relationship with Him, so that we can be reconciled to the Father. And so as we celebrate at Christmas the gift— for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. We celebrate giving at Christmas. I think the counterpart for Easter is that we celebrate forgiveness, that we understand forgiveness, that we grow in forgiveness, that we talk about it, that we proclaim that we are a forgiven people. And that's what makes us different. That's what sets us apart. So 
it would just be wonderful to see families begin to focus on teaching forgiveness and practicing forgiveness at Easter like we focus on giving at Christmas. And one of the verses that is most oft repeated here on Family Life today is Ephesians 4.32. Paul writes, be kind to one another. Am I speaking to any families here who need kindness in their family? You know, when you and I were raising kids, this was one of the big struggles we had was helping them know how to really relate to each other and be kind to one another. Paul goes on and says, Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ forgave you. And what is forgiveness? It is giving up the right to punish another person. And Christ modeled it. What did he do? He went to the cross so that we don't have to bear the punishment that our sins, our law-breaking, result in us deserving, right? But Christ went to the cross to offer forgiveness to us if we will receive him as our Savior, Master, and Lord. Yeah, and when you think about Easter, you have to keep in mind that in a real sense, God didn't give up the right to punish us, but instead he redirected the punishment mm-hmm. that we deserve. That's mm-hmm. right. He didn't just wave it aside and say, well, I'll, you know, I'll let bygones be bygones. He took the punishment that we deserve. Mm-hmm. He poured it out on mm-hmm. his son. That's what Good Friday reminds us mm-hmm. of. Mm-hmm. And then Easter points to the fact that as a result, we have hope. We have transformation. We have new life. We have hope. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a great topic for families to talk about because forgiveness is it's essential for every marriage, it's essential for every family, it's essential for every working relationship because we're all broken and we're all going to make mistakes and we're going to all need to not only give forgiveness but to be granted forgiveness. And so the more families can talk about forgiveness, the more it becomes something that they understand, they can grasp, they know how to practice it, they know how to give it. It's such a foreign concept to us in our humanity because we aren't naturally good forgivers. We need what God has done for us so that we can then do what he did for us and and forgive. And so talking about it at Easter and learning stories of forgiveness is a great way to help children understand as they grow up what it looks like practically. What does it mean? How does that even work? During the Christmas season, we have the opportunity to focus on God's gift to us because everybody's thinking about giving. Mm -hmm. What are you going to get for Christmas? What are you giving somebody else? At Easter, we don't have anything like that to bring the issue of forgiveness front and center for multiple weeks leading up to the holiday. Yeah, it's not as tangible. It's not something that you can put your hands on. It's a choice of the heart. And I think one of the best ways for moms and dads to help their kids learn about forgiveness, first of all, you have to talk about it and you have to model it. You have to demonstrate it to your kids. I remember when we were raising our kids, Dennis and I both made a real conscious effort to teach our kids what it meant to forgive, and we would model that to them. So when I would make mistakes, which I did all the time, every day, but I remember making a conscious effort of sitting down and saying to them, Mommy did this, and it was wrong, Mm -hmm. and I need to ask you to forgive me. Will you forgive me? And almost in a step-by-step manner, and then when our kids would offend one another, we would say, now you need to say what you did. Right. And name it. Name what you did that was wrong to your sibling. And then you need to say, will you forgive me? And then the sibling has to say, yes, I forgive you. Mm -hmm. So that it is really is that transaction that takes place. 
Another way that is really helpful to teach children forgiveness is to read them stories of other people who have exhibited forgiveness. And we've got this book, Growing Together in Forgiveness, that has seven stories of people who have demonstrated remarkable forgiveness in situations that are hard for most of us to even comprehend how someone could ask for forgiveness and how someone could grant forgiveness for really, really difficult things. And so when you read stories like that to your kids, it inspires them, oh, if that person can forgive that, then I maybe I can forgive my brother or maybe I can forgive my friend at school that was bullying me. And you wrote that book with these seven stories in it with the idea that parents could read aloud a story mm-hmm. like this at the dinner table or uh, after, yeah, whatever as a way to make this subject front and center, whether it's during the Easter season or any time of the year. But this is the perfect time of year to be yeah, doing that. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, obviously our kids, we all need to be talking about forgiveness all the time. But with the focus of Easter being on the cross and on the forgiveness that Christ purchased for us, it's a great time to read stories of forgiveness with your kids so that it really does become a part of the Easter celebration. And it makes our appreciation for what he did for us so much greater when we know what it means. And those seven stories are, they're pretty remarkable. I mean, the people who forgave had pretty tough things done yeah, to really them. tough things. You want to share one of them? Yeah, one of my favorite stories comes from the country of New Zealand. Dennis and I were there doing a conference a number of years ago, and while we were there, we heard this story about uh, that's a part of the New Zealand history. And the story goes that in the 1800s, sometimes some missionaries came, and they brought the gospel to the tribes of the of the land and there were there was a particular tribe who received the news and were you know responded to the gospel and became believers and they each got a little copy of the gospel of Luke as a gift for receiving Christ and they would read that and this one little girl in the tribe she was like 11 or 12 and she had learned to read from the missionaries and so she read this gospel of Luke to everyone in her tribe And many of them came to know Christ. And then the story goes that this school that she was a part of that was led by the missionaries um, had to move locations. And on the journey to a new location, the children and the teachers were attacked by another tribe who uh, were not friendly. And she was, was murdered. And I think there were some others too, but she was murdered. And when her father discovered that she was murdered, his response was, I have come to know Christ, and Jesus does not want us to take revenge. And he said, so I must learn how to forgive the one who killed my daughter. Mm. And he didn't even at the time know who it was. And the story goes that the man who actually killed this little girl found the Gospel of Luke because she carried it with her everywhere she went. And he thought it was kind of cool. He didn't know what it was, and he took it. And he found someone who could read it to him, and this person read him, and he realized, oh, I I offended God, and he became a Christian. Then he, after receiving Christ and understood that he needed to seek forgiveness, he walked to the other tribe and asked the father of the girl he killed to forgive him. They forgave one another. Part of what is so remarkable to me about the story is not just that it happened, but that is taught in the schools of New Zealand to this day to all the children in every school. It's a part of their history. And so these children are growing up hearing the story about this little girl who became a Christian and whose father forgave the man who killed her. 
And I just think it's a wonderful illustration of how teaching our children these stories as they're growing up, it's planting the seeds of truth in their hearts. And so it's a part of who they are. It's a part of their history. They know these stories. And so when they are in a situation that's difficult and they need to forgive, they'll remember this little girl or they'll remember John Newton or they'll remember some of these other people who demonstrated forgiveness and they'll go, oh, that's how you do it. And God may use that to lead them then to grant forgiveness to someone else. And I think the question is for every mom and dad is this, how are you going to make Easter a special time? How are you going to focus on forgiveness? How are you going to model it? How are you going to teach about it? How are you going to train your children to know what it means to truly forgive another person? This is at the heart of what Christianity is all about. And it's why this season ought to be, as you said earlier, one of the most rambunctious times in our entire year. Well, and as we've said, the the culture doesn't give us a lot of cues to Mm -hmm. try to have these kinds of conversations. And part of what you have been working on as you've been designing resources in the Ever Thine Home collection that you've created, you're trying to give families some of the visual cues to have around the Mm -hmm. home that just trigger for you the opportunity for this kind of discussion, this kind of conversation, to bring to mind in a visible way what we ought to be reminded of today. Exactly. We have lots of those at Christmas. We have trees and we have wreaths and we have lights and everything says this is a special occasion. And we have so little at our disposal, so little that's biblical at our disposal that we can put up, that we can decorate with, that we can put on display. There's very little to put on your front door, to put in your yard. I mean, there's just not a whole lot available. So, I'm hopeful that God will grant us favor in helping me and my team come up with ideas for ways that we can make a visual statement, not just for neighbors and friends, but for our own reminder that we can see something in our house around Easter that reminds me, oh yes, we're in the Easter season, we're talking about Christ and the cross and what he did for us, and it's a visual reminder, we're all... We need those cues, those visual cues. We need auditory cues. We need reminders of what God did for us. So having these celebrations are annual reminders, and then in that annual reminder, having visual things can help us stay tuned into what God's doing. And I hadn't thought about it till you said it a few moments ago. There really isn't the music, Bob, right. around the season that there is at Christmas time. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. You would think... There are some songs, but there aren't as many that are really specific to Easter. Yeah, there's no Nat King Cole Easter album that you can go out and buy, right? No, no. And, and you're not hearing it piped in to malls right. and stores in the weeks leading up to the Easter holiday. And I think there's probably a reason for that. Yeah. I mean, Easter is pretty countercultural. Yeah. I mean, Christ— Well, everybody loves stories of angels and babies. I mean— A baby is pretty sweet. So it's easy to love Christmas and everything that it stands for. But Easter's a little different. It's about a cross, which is a horrible form of execution. And And, it's got blood. And and it's about a Savior who didn't come to uh, mildly change people's lives. But radically. He came to, yeah, radically transform people's lives. In fact, I I love a statement that was made by, uh, I think it was John Stott. He said, when Jesus shows up, change occurs. 
when you encounter him and you meet the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, and you develop a personal relationship, I can tell you from personal experience, when I encountered him in college, he transformed my life like no other encounter I've ever had in my lifetime. So is your house as decked out for Easter as it is for Christmas? It's getting there. Oh, yeah, it is. (laughs) It's getting there, Bob. No, it's not as decked out. And I don't know that I... I really would want it to be as decked out. I, I think what I would like to see is I'd like to see Christmas toned down right. somewhat and then Easter elevated so that they're a little bit more balanced in the way we treat them. Will you have pastel eggs that you dyed that you'll put out somewhere? No. No, I would have. I mean, we did that when we had our kids at home, but we don't. We won't have the grandkids around. We will go see them probably. But we won't do eggs at my house. So what do you have? Well, I have a banner, an Easter banner that we created a year ago, I believe it was. Um, I did the first one to put on my door a couple years ago just to see what it would work. And I got some paint and painted, I am the resurrection and the life on a piece of burlap. And then on the flip side, I put the thing about that I am the resurrection and life. So last year, we actually created a real one. And so we've got that. You can put that on your front door. You can hang it on a wall in your house. But on the burlap side, it's got a lamb, and it says, I am the resurrection and the life, which is one of Jesus' claims of deity. And then you flip it over on Easter Sunday morning, and it has a crown, and it says he is risen. So it's a way to make a statement in your house just for your own family or on your front door for anybody who drives by or comes by that— in this house, we, we believe in Christ and what he did for us. You have some of your cross-shaped Christmas ornaments, the adornments that you uh-huh. made, that are now on display at Easter on stands around That's the home. That's right. We have those, too. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, Bob, when she created these, she was thinking. She had Easter in mind? She did. Yeah, and we so had these are, are really not just Christmas-specific. These declare the names of Christ, his Savior names, and each one on a different cross from a different period of history. Yeah, folks that like to see what we're talking about here, they can go to everthinehome.com and and see the collection of resources that Barbara Rainey has created as a part of what we're doing here at Family Life. Again, it's everthinehome.com. And you can see the crosses, the Easter banner, some of the other resources that Barbara's been working on. The book about forgiveness is available on that website as well. It's called Growing Together in Forgiveness. Uh, Again, go to everthinehome.com, and you can see the resources that Barbara has designed that uh, Family Life is making available for the Easter season. If it's easier to order some of these resources by calling us, you can do that as well. Our toll-free number, 1-800-FL-TODAY. It's 1-800-F as in family, L as in life, and then the word today. And just ask about the Easter resources from Family Life, and we can explain what we've got, and you can order whatever you need over the phone. And speaking of resources for the Easter season, many of you are familiar with the resurrection eggs that Family Life has been producing for more than 20 years now. It's a dozen plastic eggs. Each one has a symbol that signifies something related to Jesus' final week on earth. And it's a great tool for helping your younger children better understand the Easter story and to make it memorable for them. We would really like for every home to have a set of resurrection eggs to be able to use with children or with grandchildren or to pass on to neighbors. And so we are making resurrection eggs available this year to any of you who contact us and are able to help with the donation of any amount to help support the Ministry of Family Life today. We depend on those donations 
to sustain the work of this ministry. And uh, we would be happy to send you a set of resurrection eggs as a thank you gift when you support us. Go to familylifetoday.com, click the link in the upper right-hand corner of the screen that says I Care, and make an online donation, and we'll send a set of resurrection eggs out to you. Or you can make a donation over the phone and request a set of resurrection eggs when you call 1-800-FL-TODAY, 1-800-358-6329. That's 1-800-F as in family, L as in life, and then the word today. You can also mail a donation to us and request Resurrection Eggs. Our mailing address is Box 7111, Little Rock, Arkansas. Arkansas is AR, and our zip code is 72223. Now, tomorrow, we're going to continue to talk about how we can prepare our hearts and our homes for a deeper, richer Easter celebration. Hope you can tune in for that. I want to thank our engineer today, Keith Lynch, along with our entire broadcast production team. On behalf of our host, Dennis Rainey, I'm Bob Lapine. We'll see you back next time for another edition of Family Life Today. Family Life Today is a production of Family Life of Little Rock, Arkansas. Help for today. Hope for tomorrow.